Banana Bunch, you know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the Jungle Gyms Podcast. I'm your host, Mark. Welcome to the show. If you're listening to the audio-only version, I appreciate your love and support. And of course, if you want to get a little more engaged, join us over on YouTube where you can actually watch along as well. Right now, I'm actually coming to you from the wine cellar here in the Fairfield store. You can see it's a very moody, cool room. There's a lot of very fancy wines, all kinds of cool stuff like that. We do tastings in here sometimes. The wine department's been on the show a ton. It's fun. So that probably gives you an idea of what's about to happen on today's show. So we've got some fun stuff, but before I get into that, let's talk about some upcoming events. I want to remind you, we've got one of our Jungle Gyms wine dinners coming up here on January 27th. It's going to feature foods from all over the world as well as international wine pairings. It should be great. And the weekend before that, coming up, the week of this episode releasing, we are doing our cigar customer appreciation event from 1 to 6 p.m. on Saturday, January 21st over at the Oscar Station, which is here at Fairfield. It's the building with all the snakes on the outside of it. Uh, highly recommend you check that out. They're going to have vendors from all kinds of different cigar companies, all kinds of fun stuff for you. I want to keep you in the know, so jump in, join us, join the loop, whatever it takes. You pick your own verbiage and vernacular. I love V words. Okay, moving on. This week's episode was really fun for me. You know, we've done a lot of wine content on the show before, and I know I've gotten some great feedback on that. And I had a really cool opportunity here, uh, twofold, where I finally got to bring in our uh, one of our department managers, Ed, onto the show. He's been a longtime uh, staple of the uh, craft beer and wine community here in Cincinnati, you know, and as legend tells, he was one of the first people in town to really get everyone on the craft beer train back when, for many of you, you may not remember this, but back when craft beer was not ubiquitous like it is now, right? You couldn't get it in a regular grocery store. You could get it at a place like Jungle Gym. So very cool. But Ed hit me up and was like, hey, I've got the winemaker of the year, Greg Brewer, coming in here, and he's bringing along Master Sommelier, Larry O'Brien, and we should have a lot of fun. And so, you know, for someone like me, I'm fun, I'm light, I'm outgoing. Uh, I really get a little nervous in those situations where I get a true expert in a field that's sort of like a, uh, how should I say, I don't want to say, highbrow I think is a good word for it. I get excited and maybe a little concerned. I'm like, can I hang? And you'll hear me joke about this with them. However, the reason I was so excited about this episode is both Greg and Larry opened my eyes and I hope will open yours too to hopefully a new future of wine because it, uh, their message is really fun here that they're really just trying to get people, much like us here at Jungle Gems, right, to expand their horizons, try all kinds of stuff, find out what you love, and then do the things you love, drink the things you love. So look, I'm not going to bury this any further like I always do. I say that every week. It doesn't matter. You know, I love burying things, <sighs> but uh, I really hope you enjoyed this conversation and it was a really great opportunity. So thank you so much, Greg. Thank you so much, Larry, for this. I appreciate your time and everything we got to taste after this interview was delicious. Appreciate that. All right. See you on the other side of the interview, everyone. I struggle every time with a good intro here, so I'm going to start by welcoming Ed to the show because Ed, I've it, honestly I know I've pressed you on this since you, I started here, but I'm really glad you came in. Mark, thank you, I appreciate it. You're welcome. It's, yeah, no, it's been fun. I mean, look, Ed, you're one of those. You're like a legend in the bringing in craft beer and making that such a popular thing here in Ohio. So we appreciate everything you've done. Thanks. 
I'm on my 20th year here at Jungles, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. And Legend in your own time. Uh, there you go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, Ed, when you came to this, uh, it came to me with this. I was like, this sounds like a great idea. But I thought I'd, I'd uh, twofold. I mean, obviously, we get some really interesting people coming through to do tastings and other events here. So I thought I'd let you introduce these gentlemen to the world. Absolutely. We've got a couple great guys here tonight. We have got uh, um, we have Larry O'Brien, which is a master psalm. Uh, with, with Jackson Family Estates, and we've got Greg Brewer with uh, Cliff Brewer Clifton. So, welcome, gentlemen. Truly appreciate. Thank your time you so there. much. We're thrilled to be here. Yeah. I, well, Greg, we'll start with you here. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, what, what what you've got going on. Well, first of all, I want to just thank you both for having me back here. You know, I, I think I first called on Jungle Gyms probably 15, 20 years ago. Um, and to come back, it was, it was a super highlight of my trip. I just came out for a couple of days to the Midwest. Oh, no kidding. Um, yeah, I worked Maui on Friday, and then I just came out to Detroit Tuesday and ripped down here, and I'm going home tomorrow morning. But it, it's, it's a very, very important situation to be here and, and to be amongst the caliber of people and other wines that are here. It's, it's a real honor. So oh, I mean, thank, thank you, so you for much. having me. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So yeah, I'm, I'm from Los Angeles originally. Um, kind of latchkey kid in the 70s. You yep. know, raised myself, eyeliner, Depeche Mode, Cure, we're going to get along yeah, just fine. I'm still thing. wearing my key around my neck. For sure. Now. Yeah, nice. Um, and then went to school, UC Santa Barbara. Yeah, and I, my first uh, career path was teaching, I was going to teach French. So I taught French at UCSB. And then I got a job in a local tasting room. I was 21, you know, living in a fraternity house. I didn't know Chardonnay was a grape. I saw an ad in a newspaper, 5.50 an hour, you know, no, no experience necessarily, willingness to learn. And I thought, wow, five bucks, drink wine, free crackers on the bar, give tours, done, you know? Yeah. So I applied, I didn't get the job the first time, but I, I wanted it so bad. I walked in the winery and I was mesmerized. So I kept applying, you know, following up, manager, knocking on the door, flowers, candy, whatever I did. Right. Someone else quit, thankfully. Um, that's why I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> and uh, so I owe that person the world. I don't know who that was, but, yeah, but I, if uh, you're out there, thank For you. sure, yeah, <laughs> wine for life. And- uh, oh, That's and then, binding, maybe we'll take, <laughs> take it back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but get it at Jungle Gyms, no, okay. And, um, and uh, yeah, and then I just, I head over heels, I got the job and I was just, I, it was 31 years ago and it's been, my, it's my, literally my identity now, um, this line of work, you know, I became their assistant winemaker about a year after 92. Mm -hmm. um, and I love the totality of the business, you know, front of the house, back of the house, you know, the monastic kind of repetitive nature of production, okay. the, the fun kind of sexy stuff, you know, traveling around sure. and meeting people and drinking champagne and rooftops and penthouses and that's cool. And right. Huge fan. Yeah, for sure. Always. Yeah. It turns out it's got better than the production. And, um, and, uh, and that's that. And then ultimately I'm talking a lot, sorry, but ultimately but ultimately, you know, what, what I'm, as I've, you know, gotten a little bit older, I, I love that I've remained very faithful and loyal to Santa Barbara. Um, I love other wine regions. I see them all the same. People ask me all the time, like, how'd you pick Santa Barbara? I yeah. didn't. I was a college kid and I got, got a job to drink wine. I mean, it wasn't like a choice. Sure. Um, but, you know, looking back, you know, I, I see them all the same. Hill Country of Texas, New Zealand, Burgundy, everywhere. They're the same qualitatively. They're beautiful people. They're driven people. Yeah. Interesting grapes I've never heard of. It's cool. And they're all equal, you know? And... I've never touched fruit from outside, you know? And I think when you really surrender to something and you give in to something and you really espouse yourself to somewhere, you can like be vulnerable with it. You think about a significant other, you think about yeah. a surf spot, you think about a fishing hole, you think about a guitar you like, yeah. you know, you, you can kind of give in and be raw with that. And that's something that I enjoy at home, you know, because for 31 years, the area has never let me down. 
You know, it's, mm-hmm. we, you know, some, you know, we all have better days than others, you know, just like with a couple, you know, therapy sure. every now and then, some moody days, sleep on the couch if you're really an idiot. But like by <laughs> and large, you know that person has your back. And, and Santa Rita Hills and Santa Barbara County has always had my back. Um, and so the, the wines we raise are very raw, they're very vulnerable, they're very neutral. Um, and ultimately, I'm just looking to transmit the ocean and our landscape okay. around the world through the wines. That's, That's really so my goal. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I mean, it, what I find so fascinating about meeting people like yourself is that ultimately we're all kind of artists in our own life, mm-hmm. right? And and so it's, I joke that I'm the passion wrangler here, but it's, it's great. Like, I love having these moments where I'm just like, wow. And you know, I, I, I have a casual understanding of wine, which is why I'm glad Ed's here too, just to back me up. I'm like, uh, let me, <laughs> don't let me flounder too bad. But, you know, learning all these things, it's been a really cool opportunity for me to meet people like yourself to honestly really learn the landscape. Right. So maybe leading into this, one of the questions I have, what would you have advice for somebody that's like fresh into the wine world as far as tasting, and this will be a question for you too, Master Sam. Uh, but <laughs> his advice sure. is really good advice. <laughs> no. And he hit on it last night, and I hope you say some of the same. Yeah, stuff. yeah. But like, what, what would be something that somebody that's trying to like will enter this world a little bit here? Well, um, just call. And we'll answer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're live on the Doctor One. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you about how to get into wine. No, I. Um, that was funny. That was cool. I. Um, you know, wine. It's interesting. Wine is one of those few things where people bring a lot of fear and permission and apprehension. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about it, and I think the industry has done it, that to itself, unfortunately, over centuries, perhaps. But, mm-hmm. you know, wine's primitive. It's barbaric. It's been around for a billion years. It makes itself. It's, it's like water, fire, wine, Tarzan. I mean, it's very primitive. <laughs> and I right. know um, it's very primitive. <laughs> and uh, for real. And, and people are scared of it. You know, it's interesting. From the first day at that tasting bar, I was only 21, but thankfully I was smart enough, I uh, dropped out of grad school, but I was smart enough to realize this, that you know, as soon as we can neutralize that insecurity around wine, we can mm-hmm. quell people's concerns, we can kind of encourage them to let their guard down, then actually that the knowledge can begin, right? Because mm-hmm. when you think about it with wine, people say all the time, they apologize for not knowing about it, it happens all the time, you just did it yeah. a little bit. Um, and then people use the word should all the time. That word should is embedded in almost every wine question. When should I drink this? What should I drink it out of? What temperature should I? What should I? Should, 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 should. Why is that? Because there's fear of doing it wrong, right? When should you wear leather? When should you have a guitar on the wall? When should you have Slim Jims? At the, w- yeah. Whenever you want to. You don't fear doing it wrong, right? Wine should never be intimidating. No, and it, but it is, it is, you know? And yes. so as soon as we can, again, not dumb it down, not not make light of it. It's a, it's a cool, serious, awesome, thought-provoking, neat thing, right? So I'm not- Learn how to appreciate it at its highest level, but in a fearless way. Yeah, in a fearless Beautiful. way. Because yeah. think about it, like, I, you know, I've had enough therapy in my life that, that like, you know, there's like the, fr- you know, the different parts of your brain, right? So <laughs> yeah. if, you're, if you're calm and composed and confident, you can be creative, you can kind of go outside of the body, you're there. If, you're, it's, if it's more fight or flight, then you're, that, that part of your brain like shuts down, literally shuts down, and then it's like survival mode, right? right. So if you're fearful of misstepping, fearful of pouring it in the wrong glass or having it with the wrong food, I mean, it's talking about ridiculous things to be scared of, then, then you, the, the, the appreciation, the enjoyment of it will be clipped a little bit, yeah? And so if, if, it kind of like, if you can drop, get people to drop their shoulders around it and not be so freaked out and, and see it as something more real, and see it as produce, and see it as primitive, and see it as basic, 
then I think it's helpful. And then once you're there and you're like, cool, let's check it out. Like, I like, I prefer that one. Oh, that one's cool. I had this with that. I really enjoyed it. I had it nine days later and it was, I preferred it over the, awesome. Yeah. No, every answer is right, right? Everyone gets an A with wine, right? And so, you know, once that can be kind of fostered and driven into people a bit more, that's really the best way to kind of bring people into it. Yeah. So they're not freaked out by it. And wine's never been better at all price points. Right, even in my 30 odd year career from 91 and you know, we can all attest it from 91 yep. to now is like light years. The golden age. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, you, we can't go wrong. All of us could grab any bottle off any shelf and open it right now and we'd all be happy. Would it transport us? Maybe, maybe not, sure. but it would be super yummy. And we'd have a glass and joke and laugh. And, um, and so it's really a beautiful time to get into wine. Yeah. Um, but you know, with that said, without pretext, without fear, without apprehension. That's the most beautiful answer I could have expected to get. So good call. Uh, and it's really funny because today's been a fun day for me in that regard. The two things in the food world that I've kind of had a little of that apprehension and anxiety about are coffee and wine, uh -huh. which were the two main features of my day, right? Because they were both, <clears throat> excuse me, how should I say? They're like sort of specialized ends of the industry, right? Like if you are a coffee person, you probably know a lot about like, oh, tell me about these different rose types. Same with wine, right? Like, and you could, I'm sure you both could speak at length about all the specificity of there. And so for someone like me, who was just a casual, like I want to understand this, but I recognize there's sort of a skill level required to really grasp it. Uh, you know, maybe to tie it back in, you were asking what the show was about. The show for me is about, getting over my anxiety publicly. Right. <laughs> In addition. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I honestly cut my therapist out a few times a month now. I was like, this is working out all right. But no, all kidding aside, but it is that thing where I think a lot of it really does come down to an educational end, right? You know, because I think for a lot of people, having someone like yourself say, this is something that we should just approach, just approach it. It's fine. Yeah. Like, nobody's going to attack you. And anybody that would, you know, just don't deal with them anymore. Like be more afraid of that person than the actual. Those person. people exist. For sure. But you have no reason to pay attention to them. Yeah. Like, you can just ignore the person who's using their knowledge experience as a foil to keep you at bay. <laughs> Th those people, don't hang around those people. Hang around the people that use their knowledge to give you a big embrace and yeah. share that with you. Y approach your love of food and wine and spirits and beer and coffee and, and coffee and tea and tobacco and perhaps other recreational narcotics. <laughs> there yeah. are opportunities. Of course. With your medulla oblongata, right? right? Use your lizard brain. Do not use your prefrontal <laughs> cortex. Eventually, maybe because you want to understand why I enjoyed that. What about that that I like so much? Where did that come from? I love that character, aroma, the flavor, the texture. I loved it. How did it get there? Let mm -hmm. me try to understand it a little more cerebrally, yeah. but find that enjoyment right. absolutely using you know, your, your lizard brain. That's, don't make it complicated. Yeah, and also, and, and be true to yourself. You know, I think, again, to follow up on Larry's part point, you know, if sometimes it's like I I should like this, like I want to like this. I'm mm -hmm. embarrassed that I don't like that, and it's really interesting because our wines are raised in this very neutral way. So going mm -hmm. back to your coffee thing, like it's it's very it's very powerful and Californian driven, but with a very Zen like kind of dread of the imposition mindset, right? I love it, and so that's that. So if you're profiling me, and I love coffee, I drink coffee all day long, but hear me out. Yeah. 
if you're profiling Greg Brewer, you might say, okay, I bet he likes, you know, plantation specific, non-roasted, total hipster, single speed bike, peg pant coffee, right? And I, I don't care for that so much. You know, I love coffee that my coffee roasting friends are like, I can't believe you drink. I mean, the ones that have that weird bravado, are, I can't believe you drink that. It's like roasted nine times. You can't taste anything anymore. Right. That gives me pleasure. And it always has. And that's yeah. what I drink. And I, I'm not trying to like start a fight, but I'm like, hey, and I don't apologize anymore. I used to, I'm like, I'm sorry, I like the dark roast. I know that's not what I'm supposed to like. And even, so even I get caught up in that. Yeah. Instead of, I love oak. I love this. I love Cabernet. I like white Zinfandel, whatever, it's great, but own what you like, because otherwise it's a really weird way to live. If you're, if you're consuming something you don't really dig, right. because yeah. you think you should, that's, and, that's to be avoided. And, and one of my first questions to our customer, they come in and they say, well, what should I have with this? And I say, first of all, tell me what wines you like. Yeah. Cause so let me suggest something that you're gonna like. It's not about what goes the best with the meal, because if it's something you don't like, you're you're not gonna enjoy it. So let's, what do you like first? Of course. And it's, that's exactly what the point you're, you're making is. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and Drink and, what you like and. Adjacent to that is have a sense of adventure. Don't get stuck in a rut, right. like a little old lady from Pasadena driving her car to church every Sunday. Right. No, man, <laughs> burn the wheels off that thing seven yeah. days a week. Try new things, be adventurous. Try something that you'd, don't think you'd like, and God knows, maybe you'll find that you do like it. It's the world of wine, beer, spirits. We could start talking about dry aged beef, wet aged beef, yeah. corn finished, uh, grass fed, flavored yeah. blah. We could get into innumerable, innumerable discussions about any gustatory pleasure. Sure. But have a sense of adventure, be willing to strike out to try something new. And, and maybe you'll find something new. Like, yeah. own what you like, but be willing to like something else. Absolutely, something yeah. New. Especially, and in, in with wines too, and, and Ed, to follow up on your part, it's like, I keep saying part instead of point, um, is like I, you know, I'm a pescatarian, my wife's a vegetarian, she's mm -hmm. a Grenache producer, we do a lot of Chardonnay and Pinot. We drink a lot of Chardonnay and Pinot and Grenache at home. Why? Because we have it. It's like low hanging fruit, it's half full bottle, take it home, like yeah. it's free, right? We, scrambled eggs, tofu, rice, all works great. All those things work great, right? So there's no, there's like cliche things like oh, Pinot Noir and duck, salmon, steak with whatever. Throw all that out the window to Larry's point. And something that I was encouraging people, particularly during the pandemic and certainly any kind of you know, bringing wines home and enjoying them at home um, setting, is that open a bunch of things. You know, people sometimes too are like, let's open a bottle, great, it's gone, what should we open next? Like go breath, you know, wine's never gonna hurt you. And as it opens up over the course of, uh, you know, several days, week, whatever, right. it holds up way longer than most people think. And then every day it's gonna change a little bit. So that one bottle is almost like you're seeing different facets of that wine. You're getting like more wines out of that single bottle. And how fun is that at night? Because then you can say, oh wow, like if you're into this and maybe into that, maybe try this one out too. Open all of them and so many people laugh, oh my gosh, that's way too much. That we're not, we can't drink that much in a night and say, that's not what I'm saying. Like little glass of each, change the sequence, start with red and with white, try something that you might not think might work that great with that food. Maybe it'll blow your mind, maybe it won't, but give it a shot. You know, and, and it just makes everything cooler instead of like, oh, we had this wine on Monday, this wine on Tuesday. You know, you have five wines five days a week, right? But then you have like 25 different experiences. Yeah. Right, you're just multiplying that exposure to Larry's yeah. part. That's, 
I th- this is the most comfortable I've ever been around wine people in my entire career. <laughs> I mean, genuinely though, I mean, look, it is one of those things that I think I maybe speak for the public a little bit that like there is, there's there's some apprehension around it. Look, I'm in a room of the master some, there's what, 300 of you. And if they want another one, you have to like cut their head off like they're a Highlander. No, 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 not, right? quite, not quite that. We don't ask for body parts. We don't ask for blood oaths. Uh, I mean, Pass, pass a challenging exam that's Absolutely. academic and t- taste oriented and service oriented and, and you can you too can become a master sommelier. It's it's hard. I'm not a brain surgeon. I'm not an astrophysicist. But you also got to be able to talk and Larry does very good at yeah. that. Yeah. No, you both. I breathe through my nose. <laughs> Long yeah. talking's a good thing. I put my pants on both legs at a time yeah. right now. Uh, no, but it is it is a thing where that combination of, and for both of you really, like the personality and just being personable in general and opening this up. This is the first time I think I've ever heard anybody talk about it this way, which is so refreshing. I mean, look, for me, I'm in here reading all of your accolades leading up to this, like Ed said, me these notes, I was like, um, am I smart enough for this conversation, right? You know, I'm, I'm saying it in jest, of course. Of course, I'm really- Obviously. But, uh, <laughs> but it is that thing we're like going into, I was like, oh, I hope I'm good for this. And then you guys like walk in the room, everybody's super cool and relaxed and very open-minded. And I think maybe that's another thing I want to impress on the audience that, uh, I'm wrong all the time, and you can be wrong all the time too. And I think it's really important to shake this, not just to try new things, but also shake some of these preconceptions off where it's like- All of them, yeah, actually. Everything. All of them. It's you know a, what happens when you're wrong about wine? What's that? You have to drink your mistake. Oh. How bad is that? Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, and, and if it's so bad you don't want to drink it, throw it down the drain, who cares? Right. It's, it's, it's not a, it's, it's the most fun avocation you could ever enjoy. It's inexhaustible. You could spend your life trying to understand the 20 regions of Italy that are in search of a country and never conquer it. It's, it's, that's just Italy. The world becomes, you know, your travel log, your travel guide, is your pursuit of wine. You want to go on a trip, go someplace where there's wine. Yeah. Well, there's not many places you can't go where there isn't wine. <laughs> and generally where there's wine, there's food. And there's some unique, maybe it's unique and ethnic. Maybe it was brought there. South Africa is this amazing melting pot with this crossroads of culture from African and Indian and European. And, and they've got wine and all of this weird ethnic, blend and wine comes together in ways you would have never thought possible. Uh, Go to Las Vegas and go to Lotus of Siam and have amazing Thai food with German Riesling. That wasn't even possible in the mid 20th century. No one even thought about that. So the the sense of adventure to me is is paramount. Uh, Willingness to be wrong is is paramount. Uh, And just enjoy it. Don't, Don't don't make it an academic study. Just make it a, you know, a, a kind of a pursuit of pleasure. Yeah, it's a Thursday night. Go have yeah. fun. Yeah, and you can never, you can never, to echo Larry's comments, you can never know it all. You know, and so any, any again, sometimes people say, well, I, I thought you couldn't do that. I thought that whites didn't age. I thought you have to have whites first. I thought you do whites. Co-. Like all those weird things that mm-hmm. maybe were written in a wine book 80 years ago or right. someone told someone misleadingly at some point thinking they were cool. It, it's not cool and it's all wrong. I mean, it, it, anything's possible. Yeah. You know, whites age tremendously well. I mean, it, they're just different colors of a grape for goodness sakes, right? It's, it's not like one is some hierarchically superior thing. There's different colors. I mean, it's as basic as that wine is, you know? 
Um, and it's a beautiful thing, you know, and I, I just love, I just, you know, want kind of each new generation coming into it. I, I want everyone to feel kind of welcome and invited to the party, yeah. you know, because it's a really cool one. It's a really neat one. And it's a challenge right now. There's no doubt as younger people come of drinking age, wine is literally the last thing on their mind. Right. It, it, maybe it's craft beer. Or, uh, maybe it's not craft. Maybe it's like it was for me. Genesee Cream Arrow, our one brewery makes it best. Yeah. Ma- and, you know, maybe it's cannabis because mm. it's, it's widely accepted. Um, maybe it's bourbon because that's a cool thing. Seltzer right. or whatever. I mean, and yeah. all of those things don't come with the intimidation factor mm. Greg's described so accurately. There's no intimidation factor with those things. They're they're user friendly things. Right. Wine kind of comes with all this baggage that makes us a little fearful. And we have to wait for that 22, 28-year-old to, you know, get a little older before they start to take wine seriously as a category. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Discover us when you discover us, but it'd be so much more fun if we could get people sort of seeing wine as that adult beverage of choice a, a little earlier. I love mm-hmm. that. Well, and uh, maybe I'll pose the same question I posed to Greg. Like, what would be some of your advice as somebody jumping in? Is it the same? Just be adventurous? Yeah, it, it is absolutely be adventurous. Uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. We, we tend to be intimidated. And when we are, we, we close down. Don't close down. Open up. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. Can you help me out? I want you know, the inside of my cheeks to be all chewy, puckery, dusty, and dry. I want the surface of my tongue to feel like my cat's tongue. Don't be afraid to describe things that that you're experiencing. I want the sides of my tongue tingling and my yeah. salivary glands activated. Like, I want my mouth watering. Like, rather than us saying to you, this is a high tannin wine. Right. It's got medium body and uh, it, it's it's got uh, lower levels of acidity. Like none of that means, who cares? I need you to tell me what you want. Right. And if, if you're free and easy about that, we are gonna get you what you want. Yeah. Um, Additionally, all prices are cool. Yes. Right? So never, 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 never think that you need to pay anything out of any comfort zone to arrive at something that's very, very satisfying, right? And and that candor is also important. So to come in here and say, I'm looking for a white wine. You know, if it's like the first time, it's like you maybe stab in the dark. I'd like to spend $8, $10, $12, $15. That doesn't matter at all. They're epic wines that Larry, just the two of us could like go in the parking lot and a master sommelier and someone who's made wine for 30 years and be thrilled and spend 15 bucks back there. I promise you yeah. one of Ed's favorite things to do is with all these suppliers coming at him every day, taste this, taste that. Ed, you got to try this. Ed loves finding that value. Fourteen ninety nine bottle of wine that, that he's that kills the only guy completely that's got it. It's, yeah, yeah. that's who gives him joy. So Absolutely. do that, and then have it, and then be on like you know, taste it, have it for a couple of days at home, whatever. Come back and say, oh my, God, I love that. I, what else is like that? Or mm, I found it to be a little bit sweet. For the, it was a little too overt. It was a little too whatever it is. Right. Okay, cool, awesome, and then. Okay, try this, you know, and it's just, it's, an, it's this beautiful evolution and, and, there's, and, and every answer is right. I mean, that's the kind of exploration, but you need to start, you need to open the book right. in order to start learning the story or reading the story yeah. and entrusting, especially the entrusting some, you know, getting, having a relationship with a store such as this, you know, right. these experts that are on the floor waiting for someone to ask. Yeah. Sure. We'll fill a car. Yes. We'll take a box to the car. Yes. 
here's what you're looking for that you asked me for that you've had heard about or you've, you have every night on Thursdays, whatever. But you're, you're these super experienced trained people that taste way more wines than I do are waiting yeah. for that kind of question of actual guidance and service, right? And to not take advantage of it is a missed opportunity because it's it's sitting there like yeah. right there for you. And you know that that's a you make such a beautiful point about that. And one of my favorite things to do when I walk back in that department is kind of just watch you all work. And it sounds silly, but like the, I, part of my job is such an experiential like take it all in and then what can I send back out? But it is really pretty magical to watch you guys work back there because you're always genuinely excited to explore this with people, which I think is so refreshing. It's not something I, I mean, yeah, I think you all said it so well. I mean, that's not something that you get in a lot of other in competing stores. Excuse Have you me. bought a used car recently? No, no. Thankfully, <laughs> we're oh my all gosh. very passionate about what we do, and, yeah. and that's that's a lot of fun. Um, a little bit back on Brewer Clifton, yeah, uh, yeah. Santa Barbara. Yeah. Um, what does uh, what Santa Barbara do for the wine that uh, Napa doesn't, or Ooh. some of those things? That yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think our our listeners would like to hear. Of yeah. course, yeah. So Santa Barbara is really unique. You know, when you think about Santa Barbara. I think with frequency, there are images of, you know, the beach and resorts and Oprah and royalty and right. <laughs> kids with balloons and cotton candy and making out on the beach. And, and that totally goes down. And Santa Barbara itself is awesome, right? It faces south. It's a very gentle Pacific. It's, it's ideal. I'm not going to lie. You know, I, it's pretty cool. Yeah. When you go up the coast, you kind of go like out west first, actually. It's a weird part of our coastline that kind of juts out. When you round the corner up by wine country, it's about a 45, 50 minute drive. Okay. It's still the Pacific Ocean, obviously, but it's a very different voice of the Pacific. I sometimes joke, if California had an equator, it would be kind of right about here, right? Okay. You round this bend and the ocean is more savage. It's Alaska water. Um, you know, an ocean can be like fun and playful. It can also be more savage and kind of contemplative. And, and up in our area where the ocean is, it's cold. There's white caps, there's different species of sharks. It's more like fleece, you're by yourself, you read poetry, you listen to Morrissey, whatever. And so yeah. that's kind of what it's about. <laughs> And so, and then our valley opens up due west onto this cold water. No, it's true. So it's Santa Barbara, <laughs> but it's not like, yay, Santa Barbara. It's, it's a cold Santa Barbara. And our valley very atypically opens up west onto this circumstance, breathing it in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the fog, the wind, everything. So we have ocean on two sides. The prevailing side is cold. And we're like availing ourselves to it. Long season, very empty soils, a lot of sand, a lot of plankton fossils. We have this kind of desolate landscape in some ways and coolness, which is also a rare juxtaposition. Mm -hmm. So this long predictable season, long predictable harvest season. And it enables us the opportunity to work with this fruit. Then we kind of harvest it whenever we want. You know, I picked fruit in December for goodness sakes regularly, right? I mean, it's like this long drawn out season, no rain, which is its own complication, but for, you know, by and large, it's favorable um, besides the drought stuff. Right. And um, it's like within reason. Sweep that out yeah. of the, yeah. <laughs> we all have our demons, don't we? And uh, back to therapy. No, yeah, exactly. and, um, like, crank and, the horse, uh, let's go. But it, oh, yeah, but it, um, <laughs> But that's, that's really it. And, and so, you know, within the whole Santa Barbara County, there's a lot of diversity. If you're near the ocean, it's freezing. If you're more inland, you can work with other grape varieties. If those turn you on, like the Rhone things and Bordelais things, cool. And my, my habitat's always out west, you know. So, so for 31 years, I've only kind of worked on the west side where it's Chardonnay, Pinot, Syrah, but mostly Chardonnay and Pinot. Um, that's a lot of intensity, a lot of kind of oceanic energy. Um, kind of brininess, if you will. And there are things, we're talking about wine too, Larry, made other beautiful points when he was talking about how to articulate things. Like I'm looking for this, it makes my tongue feel like this. With wines too, 
there's also sometimes, oh, what should I be tasting? What, what should I be smelling? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's you. Like, here's, you're going to super lay up, you know, it's an A, you win. <laughs> Whatever you're smelling and tasting. And sometimes it's also people need to be reminded, I think, or should be reminded. Um, it's not necessarily, like, don't look for something. If you're looking too hard, you won't find it, right? What does it remind you of? It's, it can be secondary. It can be like way, it reminds me of a girl I had a crush on when I was in third grade because her shampoo smelled like flowers. It smells, you know, I've had wines before. It reminds me of my grandfather. And people, oh, that's funny. I'm like, well, and then I, he wore Ben Gay. It's kind of mentholated and minty, you know, but I wasn't like, yeah. oh, I get menthol. It was like, whoa, grandfather. We're running down that path in Connecticut, visiting my dad after my folks divorced. And it was like wild berry bushes in New England. And I'm an LA kid that didn't know seasons existed. Right. You know, but wines can, wines can transport you if you kind of like let them, not like, oh gosh, what am I getting? You know, right. you're, not, you're not taking a test like for a master sommelier. You don't have to do that. You can just be like, oh my God, it reminds me of that Christmas read. It reminds me of that cigar that my grandfather, I mean, you know what I mean? And it yeah. can be so fun that way. And you can start a conversation that way. I think yeah. that's a beautiful note too, is that, and one of my big takeaways already is really just thinking of how to articulate what I am experiencing. Maybe that's another good piece of advice for people is really to think about that. <laughs> the, the, the entire gustatory experience is the most pleasurable thing we do aside from other thing we do that we're probably not going to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> However, after hours, let's go. Uh, <laughs> giving a tonight. voice to the experience, giving a voice to the aroma, the flavor, the texture, trying to create a voice so when I come see Ed again, I can say, man, I really loved that piece of the wine. Can we accentuate? Greg, Greg was alluding to this earlier. Giving it a voice helps us kind of come to grips to with finding that, amplifying it, diminishing it, um, melding it with something else in another adventurous selection of wine. But it, it, it's it's sensorial. Mm-hmm. Wine is sensorial. Food is sensorial. It's sensual as well. Yeah. And distinct ideas. Um, but we're just trying to put words into this liquid that that doesn't have a chance to speak it for itself, you know. Speaker for the wine rather than speaker for the dead. Yeah. And and people when they're tasting wines, they they're like, What do I might what am I tasting? Well, it's different for them as it is for me and for you. And we all taste something different. What is fun about wine is we all get the opportunity to taste it, see what we and then compare. And, yeah. and say, hey, do you taste that? And somebody says, Yes. Yeah. That's what's fun. That's what gets everybody all kind of you know, all happy and say, wow, I, yes, I, I tasted, tasted it. that too. And I hated it yeah. and Ed loved it. And yeah. but what the hell's going on? <laughs> How's that I possible? Tasted, I tasted it. Yeah. And, and that's the fun part. Of and, it, and it unifies. Yeah. It unifies. It creates community, ultimately. Yeah. Community with your partner, community with yourself. I mean, it causes you to pause. And even if you're by yourself to kind of think about things and have your own dialogue. Mm-hmm. And then certainly it's a, you know, camaraderie-esque, you know, beverage, you know, but to, to have that, Discourse, especially now, I think it's it's all the more important during an era where you know, because of phones and distraction, and, and I think people can kind of cocoon themselves a little bit too much in their own world. Sure, and it hopefully it kind of opens those doors back up where yeah. you go to somebody else, like, oh, do you get that? Or oh my god, oh my, I love that one. Oh, that was kind of weird for me. But you're talking, you're yeah. engaging in in a very carnal way because it's it's a very carnal kind of beverage. Generally, we love to share what we love. Sometimes it's selfish and you're showing off. I got the bourbon that nobody else could get. I got the, got the, got the craft beer that nobody else could get or that one crew in Burgundy that nobody else could get. And sometimes there's that sort of sharing. 
But if you really like something, you want to share it with those you love. Yeah. <laughs> because you want them to have that same level of enjoyment that, that you're getting. Right. Be a giver. I love that. That's that's getting clipped out for that. <laughs> and also, you know, with with wines, it's it's people should never feel. I keep saying, I mean, I, I'm not trying to tell people what to do, but I ha, have any have any connection with with a product that is meaningful to you. So there's there's the taste and that experience. It's also the memory. So you're traveling around and, oh my God, we love that spot. Or it, it, You can punctuate time, you can punctuate place. I met that person, he or she was awesome. Like they took us in the cellar and we met their dog and their pickup truck had a flat tire, whatever, cliche right. stories. But then you've got that story. So it, let that story be embedded in the pleasure of the wine, right? The wine is also amenable, speaking for wine now, is amenable to like having all those stories with it. And that's part of it. Why are some wines a billion dollars and some are 10? Like, and some, oh, is, that, is that wine really a thousand times better than that one? Of course not. But there's a reason. There's a, a reason, you know, supply demand and all that stuff, obviously. You can talk about business shit too, but stuff's too sorry. But, but, oh, like, but like it's have the experience be part of it. Have the memory be part of it because yeah. that can make it even more rich. Or that was, remember that time we had that wine? Let's have that wine again because we can go back to that time and reflect on that memory. I mean, life doesn't get any better than that. It's the best. One of the hardest questions I always have is when the customer comes in and says, I would like this wine if you have it. Uh-huh. And it's the one that my wife and I had on our honeymoon. And I'm going, I might have the wine. I might have the same vintage, but I guarantee it won't taste as well as it did then. Yeah. And that's an experience. For sure. And the funniest thing, you get this too, I'm sure a lot too. Like, oh, we were in Provence and we were barefoot and making out and eat, eating eggplant or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and then, and we got, we got the rosé, we should, we'll airport, customs, taxes, we got it. it kind of just, it, that rosé just doesn't seem to travel as well. And I'm like, yeah, the rosé is fine. As it turns out, it traveled just fine. Yeah, but now you're like paying bills and you know, like your internet doesn't work and like, you know, whatever. It's, yeah. it's a different experience. For sure, you absolutely. Too. Absolutely, it makes all the difference. That's amazing, I love it. Yeah, sharing those memories, that's beautiful. Oh, this whole thing has been so beautiful. I'm just sitting you're taking it back. You guys really, well, you know, look, this is one of my favorite things about the job is having my eyes opened. And I can't thank you enough for doing that in the first place. Thank you. I know that everybody watching this, will, this will air after you're gone. But uh, <laughs> what, you know, just to give the audience an idea, like what, what are they missing out on tonight? Like, what are we, what are we gonna try? What's going on? Well, we're bringing, we have two selections from Brewer Clifton Winery, which is a project I started about 27 years ago with $12,000. Um, and just going for it, it's very gorilla, very rocker in the 80s, you know, like it. staple gunning flyers on, and you know, lampposts for gigs at clubs and, you know, selling wine out of the back of my car. And um, so the Brewer Clifton Wine is Chardonnay and Pinot from Santa Rita Hills. Uh, and then additionally, there's a wine called Diatom, which is a, another Chardonnay project of ours, uh, inspired by the plankton fossil in our area, very oceanic, um, very powerful, clean interpretation of Chardonnay, big and powerful and also neutral and subtractive and contemplative that way. Uh, and so those two wines and those three wines. Grand Marin Brut Rosé as well. Oh yeah, from my friend up north in Oregon, Shane from Grand Marin. It's beautiful Brut Rosé. So some bubbles, you know, why not? Yeah, Holidays. Sounds great. Yeah. yeah, I'm here. And if, celebrate. If, if our wines are lame, there's always that. So we gotta, you know, so I'm going to be hitting that hard for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's and, that's, and that's that. It's going to yeah. be awesome. It's going to be really fun and just engaging with the guests that are going to come and, and sharing our stories with them. And, and ideally, 
you know, kind of bringing them into the mix, bringing them backstage with what we do. Yeah. And so that they, they are, you know, the association, hopefully I don't turn them off, you know, but hopefully they've got that connection with me of like that memory, how, you know, how, so it's not how, just a beverage anymore. How fun wine is. Yeah. 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 It really is. Yeah. And how fun this place is. And, and again, you know, the joy that a place like this can bring, you know, because it's, it's so welcoming. There's nothing threatening about this store. I mean, yeah. it's all about playful that been fun. I mean, it's a, it, everything's here and it's a crazy serious situation and it's fun. You smile when you're here looking around and it's just a fun place. And <laughs> I, I think that that also helps everyone to kind of drop their shoulders and just enjoy the experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's a place that we can go and just kind of, yeah, kick back a little bit, try something new yeah. and, and get lost excited. probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the jungle magic is that, you know, get the map call of SOS. <laughs> we give every customer a flare gun just in case. <laughs> well, of course, thank you both for coming out and doing Our this. Thank this you. Is, honestly, thank you. I have, I have absolutely taken but from both of you. I feel like you two should have a show, by the way. I would absolutely listen. You have such a beautiful and romantic way of speaking on the topic that really just made me feel so invited and welcome. And that's what this is all about, right? Awesome. Well, Thank you're you. welcome to join us for the rest of the show. I think I probably will. Yeah. Good. I'm going to go open my open my mind and my palate. Yes. <laughs> and maybe my some, wallet. Let's go taste some great wines. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. to me. Thank and, you and Thank you so much for putting this together. Thank I really you. appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for doing the show, finally. Hey. This is one less awkward email I have to send now. <laughs> Thank, you, Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. Well, that's the show this week, folks. As always, if you enjoyed this, leave me an email at podcast at junglegyms.com. Or more importantly, I want some calls on the hotline because I've got some uh, clips I'm going to play next week on the show. You can call me at 513-674-6855. Leave me your thoughts about the show. It's super anonymous, which is a lot of fun for you because you can say awful things to me. I want to, again, thank Ed Vinson and uh, Greg Brewer, as well as Larry O'Brien, for joining me on the show. It was a lot of fun. I thought this was probably the most eye-opening wine episode we've done so far, and I hope a lot of you feel empowered to try it, much like I used to be scared of ordering coffee at coffee shops. Now, I barely know what's on the menu, but I've gotten a little more comfortable with it, and that's my goal here for you. So, okay, well, we got some fun stuff coming up. Make sure, again, if you haven't yet, subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit the little bell so you know when we put out a new video. We've been putting out bangers every week here. We got a really good run right now of some international sauce tier rankings. It's a lot of fun. I get to try a bunch of different sauces around the store because, you know what? I got to get rid of ketchup in all of our lives. That is my other personal goal. Okay, on that, I hope you all have a great week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening along. And in the meantime, I'll see you out here in the aisles, aisles, aisles. The Jungle Gyms podcast is recorded in the WJJI studio inside Jungle Gyms International Market in Fairfield, Ohio. The Jungle Gyms podcast is produced and hosted by Mark Borison.